You are now listening to another episode of Thoughts Over Coffee Daily with your host, Anthony Cass Clark. This is a daily podcast documenting the thoughts of the everyday entrepreneur. Let's get into it. All right, we are back here at GP, downtown GP to be exact, the beautiful city of Fort Lauderdale, my home, of course. Uh, we're here, man, and I am excited to have another guest on the podcast. This guy is an amazing guy. You know, can I go as far as to say profound? I don't know, man. I mean, can I say uh, illuminating? Hey, can I say uh, <laughs> powerful? <laughs> Can I say, uh, you, know, just, you know, the adjectives don't end. You Come on, keep going stop. I mean, keep on, keep on. <laughs> this guy is great, man. Uh, this guy has infectious, infectious energy. First day meeting him on the random. I was here. Uh, I think we was doing a, we we're doing a content day. Uh, my wife, um, my cousin Sage and I putting together some shots for social media, and we ran across this guy. And he was in the corner, you know, doing his thing, right? Doing some coaching, I believe. And I was, you know, had an ear, listening a little bit. And I was like, man, first thing I noticed was, this guy's good at what he does. Like, the speech, everything was on point. I felt like I was in the class. And I was like, man, okay, this guy's great. Whoever he is. You know it was an actual class, by the way. Well, you were you were killing it. Was I killing it? Okay, you so were killing it. it. And I saw your little <laughs> ring light. I said, okay, this guy's prepared, man. I'm pro- it's professional. When you got the ring light, you know you're yeah. serious. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> That's how you know. <laughs> so, yeah, you were killing it, and I was like, man, okay, cool. And then once you were done, you wrapped up, and then you, I think, I don't know, you spoke or something. Then we all we were speaking, and you said, man, I'm, I'm a speaking coach. And I was like, wow, it's amazing. Right? He's like, I'm a coach, I'm a speaker, all things like that. And we kind of chopped it up. And from there, we kind of just been building ever since, right? And so I'm, I'm really honored to have you on the podcast today. Please welcome Benny the Speaker. <laughs> How was the I, intro? I just how, made my noise. How was the intro? How I, was love the intro? I love it. I love it. Was it, it good? Okay. I'm humbled. Right. I'm humbled. Many of the speakers on the, on the podcast today, man, um, I think what you do is so new age, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's so new age and old age. It makes sense. Like, you can For think sure. about, like, Zig Ziglar mm-hmm. and some of the greats from uh, from back in Napoleon Hill and all these different people, right? Uh, Tony Robbins, of course, been around since, I think, what, late 70s, maybe? Um, you know, you think about that, and then you think about like the new age. You think about like uh, E.T. the hip hop preacher. You think about like the Gary V. Gary V. Ty Lopez. Uh, exactly. Inky Johnson. All Inky these people Johnson, like that. Yep. Right. And then you have Benny. Right. Oof. Come on, man. Man, am I in the same conversation? Wow. Nah, I'm, I'm working on it. We're getting no, there. We're listen, getting there. We're, we're there. Trust me. You're sure. there. And um, so I'm thinking. I'm like, okay. I wonder if we can have Benny on the podcast. So one, of course, do what we do, right? Yes. Run through your story, get all the good stuff, right? That inspiration and, and get your get your story because people relate to stories, yeah. right? But also breaking down the business yep. of speaking and coaching, coaching. right? It, it's it's a business that most people don't they're not aware of, right? Right. And it's it's not something that you can just jump into. You have to be almost talented at it, right? I mean, I guess you can be you can learn and things like that, but it's almost something that has to be within you. For sure. Right? Okay, so I, I'm talking a lot. So let's go back to the beginning. Well, I think you're, you're setting the stage, and, and I think it's important to know what you're saying because what you're saying is it's 
in today's market, mm-hmm. I'll, just, I'll just jump in this thing. Yeah, come on, jump in. Like, please. I'm jumping in. Like, come on, jump in. I, I got my bikini on. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> my mankini. Your mankini. My mankini. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> all, I'm all in. Um, everybody's a speaker, everybody's a coach, mm. right? And so for me, when I step into the space of speaking and coaching, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't want to say legit, but this is something that I do and have been doing since the age of 19. Okay. I've been a speaker since the age of 19. I got the receipts. It's on Instagram. I got, I'm a young jit, super skinny, the bad haircut, the receipts. cross color jeans. You know what I'm saying? Ooh, like, cross like color. LA gear shoes, yeah, like stuff I shouldn't even been wearing back in the day. I mean, here I am, this 19-year-old kid out there speaking in front of people. Mm. And I knew very early on that was my calling. Mm. I knew that I was called to speak. And so I ha- I've had the opportunity to be in different spaces mm-hmm. to cultivate this gift. Mm. And, you know, I, and we'll get into my story more. But over the past 11 years, coaching professionally, you know, these are my superpowers. And so one thing that I do is when I show up in these two superpowers... I'm a beast, man. Right. Like, and and I okay, know talk. that. Yeah, I know that, and I continue to just walk in that in in as much humility as possible. Right. Because the truth is that if I'm about helping people, I got to use my gift the right way. Yeah. Like as much as I want to be the hero of the story, mm-hmm. I'm barely trying to figure out how to save myself. One hundred percent. Right. Oh, come on. Listen. Look, <laughs> see, he's working magic already. You see? It? Look, 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 look. He's doing it already. <laughs> but so, but you know what I'm saying. I understand yeah. my superpower and. I build the confidence and I continue taking steps towards that. Even, and you understand this, even when you are afraid, even when you are self-doubting, even mm-hmm. when you have limiting beliefs, man, you still got to go for it. Yeah. Because if you don't, you will never know. So, you'll man, never I, know. I've just been on that journey, bro. The great J. Cole said it. You mm. stop. I guess you never know. Yep. That's it. So, Benny, let's take it back to the beginning. Yeah. Where are you from? Yeah, man. So I was born and raised in the inner city of Chicago. Really? Yeah. And I don't mean suburbs. When people, when you ask people, where in Chicago? They'd be like, oh, you know, outside of Chicago. No, 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 no. I was born in the hood, yeah. like Humble <laughs> Park. Humble Park was uh, actually, it's the birthplace of the Latin Kings. Wow. Okay. And so I grew up in a very rough area. Mm-hmm. Uh, we lived on Sacramento and North Avenue. Mm-hmm. And it was a, divide, a dividing line between two major gangs. And so I grew up, believe it or not, with a lot of fear in my community. Mm. You know what I mean? We were afraid. There were several things we were afraid of. One, we were afraid of a gang fight, right? We were afraid of police, and we were afraid of being caught late at night, right? Um, because whatever happened there was not good in my neighborhood, right? right. Um, so I grew up in the inner city of Chicago, uh, went to live 26 years there, and then got an opportunity to come to South Florida in 2003. Wait, I want to hear more about Chicago. You want to hear more? Man. Okay, okay. So, right. you know. So, yeah. you, so you're growing up in Chicago. Growing up in Chicago. Right? What's going on? Like, what do you have ambitions? Right? Yeah, what do you have yeah. ambitions to do you when know, you were younger? Yeah, of course, like every youngster sports, right? I wanted to play baseball. I wanted to play basketball. Uh, I played a little bit of high school ball. You know, um, I was in the performing arts, so I majored in dance and performing arts. So I was in two dance companies. Wow, and what I kind of dance? Yeah, so it was Spanish dance. It was uh, it was, a, it was a artistic form of called flamenco. You ever seen flamenco? No, I haven't. Yeah, not flamingo. Flamenco, yeah. okay. So and I, the, the video's rolling, man. You can hey, give us a move. You know, you know you can I, give us a move too. Know, I'm a little, I'm a little okay. squeaky, right, a little squeaky. Cool. You know, right, but right. I get it. but you know, here's the thing. I, I remember uh, I was in seventh grade and we had this lady come. Her name was Dame Libby Camaygo. She was actually ordained a dame by the Prince of Spain. Wow. Okay, and so she came into our school and she taught these amazing courses. And her mission was to take kids off the street and help them find their unique purpose through the arts. Mm. And at that time, 
yo, there was some fly honeys back in the day. You know what I mean? So I was like, yeah, like I'm in it. You know? yeah. But the reality is so my brother, me, my two of my best friends, um, and a group of us joined because we thought that man, there was cute girls there. Right. But man, that changed my life. Mm-hmm. That's how it happens. That's how yeah, it happens, this, this, this instructor, and, she, and um, God bless her heart, she passed away. But she changed my life in seventh grade. Like, I don't know where I could have gone. Yeah. I mean, the streets were rough. I mean, we grew up in a very gang-affiliated neighborhood. Um, even one time, and I'll share this story now, I remember I, I was a skateboarder, right? And so we'd skateboard, and that was my thing. And, and I remember one time, you know, I was skateboarding, and I hit my hat, and it was off to the side. And I hear this, this gang member yelling from, like, down the block, like, you killed my brother. And he chased me all the way up into my house, mm. right? Um, and I could hear him yelling gang signs, and I'm like, I'm a skateboarder, but but in Chicago, if you have your hat one yep. side or to the other, right. you're that's a gang affiliation. Right. And so I remember running up to my house scared. He literally came in my door and tried to come in. And my mom's like, No, 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 we're not about that. And he goes, No, the guy who lives here. And we remember that we had a a, a, a gang member who was heavily involved in 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 gangs live on the third floor. And so he had mistaken me. Right. Um, and so those were some of the kind of challenges growing up. And so that program uh, with the Ensemble Espanol actually redirected me. It actually gave me confidence on the stage. It actually helped me to become a performer and actually understand my audience and my crowd. Because, man, we performed in front of hundreds of people, right. you know, multiple times. Yeah. I mean, we I put uh, listen, I, when you talk about putting hours in the dance studio and performing and like mastering my craft, man, I've done that. And so, you know, just even talking about it now gives me a sense of confidence to step on whatever stage knowing that, man, I've done the work, right? right? And so, you know, growing up in Chicago, you know, that kind of navigated through high school. I kind of moved on to modern jazz, hip hop, and uh, did some stuff and I went to another high school where we did that. And then I found myself wanting to be a police officer, man. Yeah? Yeah. What inspired that? You know, I think um, I, I just always love the show Cops. <laughs> and so <laughs> I was like, yeah, get them. Yeah, boy, get them. You know what I mean? So I think it was more about um, I was intrigued, but I really never had a career path. I really never had a career path. And so at the age of 21, I remember, uh, you know, again, I, I spoke at the age of 19. That was at a church group, right? Okay. And I remember just feeling this sense of like, this is what my calling is. And so I was kind of bivocational. Uh, so I went, was working jobs, but I was never satisfied. I always knew that there was more for me, but I never took that risk. I, I wish as a young entrepreneur or young entrepreneurial type person, I would have stepped out sooner into my, into my purpose and my calling. Right. But uh, I, I, I did when I, when I said, hey, I'm gonna start speaking. So I did that found myself uh, coming to this age around like 24, 25, and I get a call to come to South Florida. Uh, two friends of mine named Eli, who don't even know each other, said, hey, I know somebody who's looking for Wait, you. both of their names are Eli? Yeah, it was crazy, bro. It was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. And this is a crazy, a get, oh, story gets crazier. Um, so two of these guys named Eli say, hey, man, I, hey, we know this guy who's looking, he's a pastor at a church. He's looking for a youth director, someone who's dynamic. And, bro, we thought of you. And they both said the same thing. And at that time, I was, a, I was a young, you know, preacher out there doing basketball tournaments, hip-hop things. And, you know, that was my whole vibe. But, like, I never wanted to be traditional. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to disrupt. I always wanted to break the norm. I never felt satisfied just doing things as normal. Right. And, and, and I learned to appreciate that because I thought that was actually a problem. Right. Did, right? Well, did you receive any pushback 
of course you did yeah oh yeah come on man i got kicked out of churches for uh pastoring for bringing in uh black kids into yeah. my youth group right because the church was all hispanic and they didn't want it. and i said how can we not do that right. we're in a mixed neighborhood we need to reach whoever god wants to reach i don't care if they're black white whatever right um so there was a lot of pushback there was a lot of pushback when i brought in a hip-hop culture right right because they were like oh no no we don't want to turn this into a club now every church has lights right but anyways anyways i'll stop there right man but, it's so right? crazy man we can we can go in that conversation <laughs> we, for a long yeah. time so so i found myself um coming down for this trip because both of these guys had recommended me now at the time i was also in chicago i was in bible college um, i was also traveling around the schools and speaking so i was working for a company called care first and we would teach character education and sex education mm-hmm. so mind you i'm speaking hundreds hundreds and hundreds of kids probably thousands of kids a week right going traveling speaking and um struggling but at the same time just feeling like man this is my purpose this is my calling this is what i'm meant to do this is what i have to do I find myself getting this call and i come out here um, i'm getting ready to come out here and the girl i was dating at the time said to me hey i had a dream she goes can i get a napkin so i give her a napkin i think we're like eating at a restaurant she draws a stage and she draws these microphones on it she goes i had a dream i don't know and you were in it and I take this with you. I don't know what this means. Maybe it means absolutely nothing, but take it with you. Thoughts over coffee. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, here it is. Right. so I said, all right, cool. Um, so then when I come down to, to, to South Florida in Miami, I remember the, I landed the pastor said, hey, I want to take you to eat. Are we going to eat? I said, hey, take me to eat, but take me by the church first. I just want to see the church. He takes me. It's a large, at the time the church was about 2,000 people. Wow. And so we walk in, and I, I walk up to the stage. I said, can you turn the lights on? And literally, just like she drew it, there was four mics hanging from the ceiling. Mm. And she drew four mics, one, two, three, four, and a stage that was exactly the same as the stage. It was like a diagonal kind of stage. It wasn't like a straight square or like oval. Wow. It, was, it was very, it was different. It was very specific. And I was like, oh, man, I got to leave. Yeah. I got to leave. And a month later, uh, I'm in a U-Haul, driving my car down on the back of the hitch, um, and just saying goodbye to my family. Wow. So, what are you thinking on your, on the road to South Florida? Um, I think at the time, man, I'm, I'm a big purpose guy, right? So for me, if I'm not connected to something I'm supposed to be doing, like my intuition knows, right? Like we know, we call that our gut feeling, right? But it's our intuition. Like we're hum- we're spiritual beings, and so we know what we're supposed to do. Right. right. Uh, so for me, it was a lot of prayer. It was a lot of just trusting the process. Um, I really didn't know what would happen because to be honest with you, the move was easy. But months afterwards, things got really hard. What well, like hard as in financially hard as in what? Life well, just. Yeah, I think life I had a, you know, at the time, like a, that same person who I was in a relationship with. Um, long story short, for the sake of time, uh, she ended up marrying my best friend. And he came down months later to tell me that he was going to marry her. And we were engaged. What? <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So right. we were engaged. Yeah, this, right. I'll give you the timeline. How about I'm get, this? I'm getting angry, Benny. Yeah. I'm getting angry for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Well, trust me. It, it, it took me down a very tough road. Yeah, right? I can imagine. So here's what happened. Uh, I moved down in August. Relationship goes, takes this awkward turn in September. My friend calls me in October. Right. He's just going to come down and spend Thanksgiving with me. So I'm like, cool. You know, that's my guy. You know what I mean? He's then in November, he tells me he's going to marry her. 
right? So the craziness of that story and what I felt was a sense of betrayal more than the relationship. A sense? No, no. It was a huge sense of betrayal. Um, and I just, I'll be honest with you. I just kind of, I just kind of said, well, Hey, whatever. I don't care. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to do, I'm like, I'm out here in South Florida. And so, um, slowly I begin to decline. I begin to make really poor decisions while trying to be my best self. But really, bro, I was just broken. Mm-hmm. I was broken. I was offended. And, um, for me, I had to say, okay, how do I still show face? How do I still serve a crowd of people? Well, I was going to say, because when something like that happens to you, you lose trust oh, in yeah. people. Oh, I lost I lost trust in leadership. Yeah. I lost trust in friendships. It took me a while to actually want to be friends with people and have them close by me. Yeah. Because this person was really close to me. Right. And, you know, I mean, I've I've gone through my healing process. I've gone through my journey of exploring and, and you know, both with my wife, my, my wife now and, um, you know, through relationships and just even through counseling, man, like it, mm-hmm. it really affected me mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm such a loyal person when it comes to friendships that that's the number one thing I ask of friends. And, and I'm very selective is, Hey, listen, just loyalty is big for me. Right. You know, like honesty and trust, those are big factors for me because those are what I hang my hat on. Your word is all you got. Right. So you know what I'm saying? Like, true. like, like, yeah. don't blow it. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. Um, so yeah, I think, and so that was a real hardship. And again, you know, we mentioned about the church, right? Mm-hmm. The lights. And so I started to bring a whole new genre of ministry, a whole new way of doing things. And we had break dancers and we had a whole bunch of stuff. The church was not about that at the time. Yeah. And so I remember two and a half years into my journey with this church, we grew a youth ministry from 25 to over 300 kids. Wow. Um, and we were active. We were in the community. Uh, we, we did a lot of stuff. And the pastor sat me down one day and put a contract in front of me and said, you'll shut down all your programs. He says, you'll shut down all your programs and you will not start any kind of church or ministry um, at least 300 miles from mine. I still have that paperwork. Wow. I still have that paper. I, I save that because I'm like, that's going to that's going to tell that's going to tell a story one day. Right. Um, and I remember not signing that and said, you know what? I'm going to resign. Yeah. And I remember the day that I resigned. It was uh, it was the holiday season. It was December. And, you know, me and the pastor were talking about how are we going to do it? And, you know, we were still we were planning on it. Like, I wasn't sure I was going to leave, that I was sure, that I wasn't sure. And then one day in the middle of a Sunday service, he goes, hey, guys, uh, I want to let you know Benny's going to be leaving the church, and I want to call him up here right now. Just whoa, out of nowhere. Whoa, 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 whoa. Out of nowhere. And I, parents were so mad at me because we were we were literally working with their kids. Right, exactly. You have a, you have yeah. a real, like, you know, I grew up in church. Yeah. So... I remember, like, there was two people. Shout out to Sister Wilma. Uh, her and I are still close to this yeah. day. But she literally had such a huge impact on my youth. Yeah. Like, my, my young adolescence days into my teenage years. And I can only imagine. She left when I got a little bit older. But I can only imagine her leaving in that prime. Mm-hmm. What that would do to me as a child. You know? Yeah. But go ahead. Sorry yeah. to interrupt. No. Yeah, you can relate to the story. And so I think for me... That kind of set me on a journey of like feeling like I had to defend myself, feeling like, okay, people don't believe me. It was like you go from one one betrayal of a friend who was a pastor, by the way. Mm. He was a pastor. Wow. Yeah. Um, from then going to another pastor who does that to you. And I'm just like, I'm done with y'all. Yeah. I'm done. Did you ever did you ever 
find yourself resenting Christianity in a whole, or was it just more towards the people themselves? It was leadership. Okay. It wasn't Christianity. Um, because of my own mistakes, I knew that how how <laughs> how finite we are, right? Right. How frail we are, yeah. how dysfunctional we are in our humanity. Right. And so I'm fully aware of that. I can't. I think now I can say this, right? I couldn't say this before, but because of that, I understand that we make mistakes, and guess what? Um, God lets us know that in, in Scripture, right? Mm -hmm. Like, y'all are going to fall short, yeah. <laughs> but I still love you. Right. And so I had to remember that. I had to remember that um, that God wasn't the problem, but it was our humanity. It was the humanity, right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. So, okay, so you're going through this, you're leaving this church. What's next for you? Yeah, man, I, a long journey of um, of trying to figure things out. Were you thinking, like, okay, do I want to be a speaker? Do I want to yeah. stay in the church? What was yeah. It? Yeah, it was my, well, my wife and I were going to plant a church, actually. We were going to plant a church, mm. and um, we didn't plant a church. We, I went through church planting training. Um, I helped another church get planted. Um, we were trying to figure this out, and... Um, and then here's what happened. Here's where it all comes to a head for me. In 2010, I tell my wife I'm struggling. Like I'm, I, I got some dark stuff in, that's going on in my life. A lot of secrets, mm -hmm. things I have not told my wife. And she says, well, what's going on? I said, uh, I'm struggling with an addiction. Mm -hmm. And I tell my wife. And that began to be my road to recovery because I was struggling with an addiction, mm -hmm. um, specifically a sex addiction. Mm -hmm. And it was something that for me, it now had to come out, um, one, that my abuse as a child going through sexual abuse mm -hmm. was now surfacing. Right. And a lot of the darkness, a lot of the wires that were crossed, a lot of the things that, you know, I think you grow up and, you know, you, you, know, you see a porn magazine or you yeah. see a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And you don't think, well, that's not. But when you're in a dark place and you're like, man, how do I escape? That was my only escape. So how do you find the strength to tell your wife about it I didn't it was um, it was December 2000 and it was either 2009 2010 might have been December 2010 or 2009 I'm not sure um, I was sleeping at night and uh, I had um, I had made a, a really poor decision um, and I remember the Holy Spirit just waking me up and said you're gonna lose your wife mm. He goes, you, better, you need to tell your wife you're going to lose her. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to lose my wife. Right. To me, we were three years married, and she was faithful, and, and I wasn't. Right. And so I found myself in a really dark place and saying, I'm struggling with this. And I didn't tell her the full details until she asked me, until I got in front of some other leaders and said, man, this is what's really going on. Mm -hmm. And that began to be my road towards recovery. Mm. And so I've been, I've been going on... So 2010, um, 11 years in recovery. Wow. Yeah, you know what I mean? And I, I lead a group um, that also helps people in recovery as well. On top of all my craziness. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Because you're always running around here. Like, yeah. Your head <laughs> like, you got like 50 million things running at once. <laughs> I do. Um, and uh, it's it's one of those things where, for me, it keeps me safe and sober. Um, without recovery, I don't really have anything that I, that I have mm -hmm. because I – I knew the darkness. Mm -hmm. I knew, and I remember um, my sponsor telling me, he goes, you're going to really know grace now. Mm. He goes, I know you know ministry, mm -hmm. but I don't think you know the God of grace. 
And I was offended by that. So I was like, what are you talking about? I'm a Bible college student. I've ministered to thousands of people. Right. I've a hundred people people got saved into my ministry i'm benny salas you don't know who i am boy like you know like i start getting all proud and he's like yeah but you don't know grace right and this is where i knew grace this is where i saw god restore me or god restore my marriage right you'll Um, you'll meet god when you're powerless yeah Yeah. and so it it was it on the short end you know my wife and i we've celebrated um was it almost we're celebrating 14 years of marriage this year and we have two children it's amazing and the testimony of our children was when we were separated, um, my wife felt like God spoke to her mm. and said, um, I'm going to restore your marriage when we were separated. Wow. And, he, she, and she said, um, okay. And, she, and I guess her conversation between her and God was that if, if um, that I'm going to give you a son named Nehemiah because, like, I rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem, mm-hmm. I'll rebuild your marriage. Wow. My son is Nehemiah. He's seven years old. Wow. Yeah. That's another day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing, man. Yeah. Okay, so you weren't expecting all that. No, you thought it was going to talk about entrepreneurship. No, we talk about that too, but I'm saying no, like, I, I want to hear the story. <laughs> this is where it's at, man. Listen, if you're going to come on Thoughts of a Coffee, let's you better come it. at Benny's let's level or uh, listen <laughs> or higher. Right? Listen, Benny has set the bar. Okay, <laughs> so man, so you're going through all this, right? So yeah, you're yeah. rebuilding your marriage. Yeah, and you're 14 years of marriage. What are you doing in, in this time? Like, as far as yeah, man, do you, are you are you trying to dive into speaking or what? Was you it? know, so I never stopped speaking. That that's it's crazy because when when I told my wife everything, it was 2010. Um, I actually got a job as a professional coach mm-hmm. with a United Way, okay. and uh, I was a financial coach, and um, that started my coaching career because I had always done organizational leadership. I've done trainings, and I've you know, before I knew it was coaching, I was coaching people. Mm-hmm. That's how right? it happens. Right. Before, but I, what I found was a way that I felt like, yeah, that's how I, that's how I show up in the space. So in 2011, I, I, I joined this, this, this organization and um, I'm struggling still because I'm trying to, because mind you, at that time, I sat myself down for ministry. I needed to just find myself again. Right. I needed to fall in love with God and not church. Right. I needed to, to learn what it was to actually love myself and forgive right. myself. Mm-hmm. So for so I stopped ministering for several years. Okay? I had not preached, I didn't teach. I just felt like I needed a, a break and to get healthy. And so I found myself uh, working, going to the marketplace, figuring it out, and at the same time frustrated because I worked very odd jobs. I did. Um, I worked for a uh, a, uh, a level six juvenile facility, which was three months, and I just wasn't for me. <laughs> wasn't for me. <laughs> then I did. Um, what else did I do? I worked for as a youth program director for a nonprofit organization, and that was interesting because um, every Sunday we would go and minister to the homeless people mm. in downtown Miami. Um, and so what had happened is they would all come to this place called. Uh, back in the day, it was called Central Baptist Church. Okay. Back in the day, but now it's called Christ Fellowship. It's the, Right off of, right across the street from Miami Dade College, there's this like church there, and um, I remember every Sunday morning, because it was part of my job that I would go there and I would speak to hundreds of homeless people, who stunk, who were on drugs, right. who were, uh, who had mental health disorders, and I remember preaching to them the good news of Jesus, right? And the challenge for me was that's when I'll be honest with you, that's when I learned how to preach, mm. that's when I learned how to speak is that you could share your truth with people who 
again, you had to just deal with all the noise and all the distractions yeah. and all that yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. Um, so but that's what makes that's what makes the great great, right? Yeah. When you have to do the thing that you do in the grittiest form, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. I don't know, like for you, you're talking about homeless people in that type of environment, yeah. but it can be for anyone, right? Mm-hmm. Like so, for me in marketing, when you have to do marketing with zero budget, we have to do marketing with. Yeah like no money for any kind of resources or mm-hmm. programs you have to just do it and learn it by yourself you know it's a different story 100 get out the mud right 100 percent, 100 percent agree with okay. you so then i find myself again i'm working that job and then that led me to another job as a case manager working with the homeless community which then led me to an, another job which that led me into my coaching job so i had these these series of jobs that led me to my coach job and this is where i felt like my career took a turn I felt like, well, one, I was doing a lot of speaking there, and I was doing a lot of coaching. And those are two things that I was really good at. Like, I don't care whatever job I did, if I was working with people and, and empowering them and speaking to them, I was gold. Right. And so I just realized, man, those are my superpowers. Yeah. Um, again, I worked for continuing on. In 2015, I decided to go get a certified professional coaching degree, um, and I go to school for coaching. I spent a year long in coaching training, getting certified, getting accredited. Um, at the same time, I'm coaching people like left and right because um, I'm in this organization for five years. And mind you, I'm coaching and, and I'm getting paid a salary. I'm not getting paid up per hour wow. or per client. Right. So guess what I'm doing? We had to meet quotas. And so we were coaching like madmen. Like I would have six clients lined up in a day, wow. like 45-minute wow, wow, wow. coaching sessions. Sheesh. Yeah, I was drained. And I would, and then we'd speak in audiences of like 20, 30, 40 people going, building our own, you know, uh, you know, yeah. you know, I guess clientele, right, right to come in exactly. and offer services. And so it trained me, man. Like it trained me like none other. And, you know, the, the, the lesson for me is sometimes you got to do the work that you don't want to do, but it's going to give you everything you need so that you can do what you're supposed well, to do. that's how you become good. Absolutely. Doing the things that you hate. Absolutely. Right? You're talking about, I think it was, was it Kobe or LeBron? One of the greats. I hate practice. Yeah. I hate practice, but I know yeah. it's what it takes for me to be great mm-hmm. on game day. You sure that wasn't Allen Iverson that says practice? Well, we know AI <laughs> hates practice, right? He didn't even show up. But you know, you know what the funny thing was about that? The funny thing was that he wasn't even talking about practice. Uh, he was talking about a friend of his passed away, and he went there mm-hmm. instead of, like, he said, practice is just practice. And it wasn't even about practice. He was talking about in relation to, I think, his friend who passed away and, like, mm. what was more important. But, you know, the media. Yeah, right. Right. Anyway, practice. we'll leave that. Yeah, yeah. Practice. Yeah. 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 Um, but, yeah, but, no, it's, it's so true, man. Doing the things that you dislike will get you the results that you want in the future yeah. right because it's training you it's it's cultivating you and it's shaping you to be who you want to be in the future it's just you got to go through that to For get sure. to where you're going yeah so then that leads me the coaching certification it's in I, I complete my coaching training in 2015 i get certified and accredited uh, in 2016 and that's when i knew i was like all right i need to, i need to coach this i need to start my own business and so that's when I started my own business in 2015, 2016 is when I said I'm going to set out to do it. It was really more 2016 is when I set out to do it. I had a really unique job for that whole year that let me work from home mm. and it let me coach. Like, I'll be honest with you, that job ended as soon as my coaching ended. Like, I feel like <laughs> like at the time I didn't see it like that. Yeah. Like, but if I didn't have that job, I wouldn't have been able to do my coaching certification. Right. There's no way. 
And that job gave me all the freedom to do it. Yeah. And it was like, you know, it's so interesting because when you're in the moment and you're struggling and you're trying to find yourself, you think the next move is, is it you, you just want to, you just want out of the chaos. Yep. And it's so interesting because the next move is, is what's going to lead you to the next one. Right. And you just have to trust the process. And I think for me, I struggled with trusting the process mm. because I just didn't want to feel like I was like failing or right. not succeeding. Or or yeah. Failures, like yeah. I, that, that feeling does, I don't, I don't do well with that. Right. And so for me, I had to work through some of those struggles. Mm. Interesting, man. Yeah. So I know you're starting your business. Um, what are you thinking in, in your head at that time about entrepreneurship? Like, are you are you thinking like, man? Am I ready to be an entrepreneur? Is this? <laughs> am I ready for the the things that come along with this? Like, no, man, I'm not ready for that. Okay. <laughs> Listen, know. I sucked as an employee. Okay, me too. I, I sucked. Worst. I was worst. The worst. bathroom was my best friend. Man, I'm telling you, um, Alex Sharfin had a book called The Entrepreneurial Personality Type. Call it. He calls it the EPT, right? And I remember listening to him on. I don't. I, I don't. I don't listen as closely as I used to. But he's got a thing called the Momentum Podcast. Okay. And uh, he talked about this and he says, there's nothing wrong with you. He goes, you are meant, you're a trailblazer. You're meant to do X, Y, and Z. And he does, he has this saying um, at, the, at the intro of his podcast. And it just resonated with me so much. Right? And I realized, man, I'm an EPT. And I've always been an EPT. I've always been the entrepreneurial personality type. But I never had any successful models. Right. I never, I never, none of my family really ever started business. My mom always started side hustles, mm-hmm. right? She'd sell jewelry. She'd sell, you know, uh, clothing. She'd sell baskets. She'd sell whatever she needed to, right. to make it happen. But she never, no one ever really formally started a business per right. se. And so for me, I think that was one of my challenges was I never really had a good example. So I was always afraid. Yeah. I was like, how am I going to do it? How am I going to step out? How am I going to build this business? And so I just did it. I remember the first time while I was working the last job I ever, well, right before the last job I ever worked. Um, yeah, right before the last job I ever worked, uh, I remember telling somebody, hey, I do coaching. She's like, really? I got clients for you. I was like, yeah. She's like, all right, cool. I'm going to send you three clients. And she sent me three clients. Wow. Okay. I mean, I don't even know what I charged them. I was like, 50 <laughs> bucks. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Like, Whatever it is. Like now you can't even, you can't even like, Listen, I won't even charge you 50 bucks. I just do it for free. Exactly. Yeah, I don't right. charge that low anymore. But the truth was that, you know, I got um, I got that opportunity. And for me, I knew that was the route to go. But I struggled yeah. because I struggled to believe in myself. I had a lot of insecurities and I had a lot of fears and I had a lot. I had to address my my perfectionistic ways and my my, you know, people call it imposter syndrome. I don't. I don't know if I ever struggled with imposter syndrome. I just struggled with confidence. Yeah. You know what I mean? More than I, I didn't feel like I wasn't somebody. I just wanted to be the very best of who I was. Right. They're, they're cousins. Yeah. Know, it's cousins. Yeah. They kind of hang out. Yeah. No, I understand what you're saying. Like you feel, you feel like you're on this road and you're doing your thing, but you're not as great as the other people that you, right. that you're viewing and that you're looking at and it's to your left and your right. Right. Cause all that, all that time that I was coaching and speaking, I never took video footage. I never took photos. Yeah. Yeah. I never got any of that stuff right. for me. I was just, I always wanted to serve people. So I didn't, I never thought about valuing myself like right. that. So I struggled with pricing. I struggled with contract negotiations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I left a lot of money on the table. Same. You know what I'm saying? Same. Uh, like things that, that really challenged me now, it's not like that. I don't have those kind of conversations anymore. I'm very clear about how what I'm offering people and how am I how I'm doing that. Right. And so for me, it's just been a, a learning lesson. Like you said, was I ready for it? 
Listen, I don't. I think when it comes to entrepreneurship, you can get as much ready as possible. You're never ready. Yeah, you're never ready. You got to do it. You got it. You need mentors. You need examples. You need people that you can learn from. But the truth is that it's hard. Yeah. You know what's funny? I've never had any mentors. Yeah. I've never had a mentor. I never had a coach. Uh, any of that. But I, I'm, I am in the market for it now. Yeah. Because uh, I do realize mentors and coaches are similar to books. Yeah how they are cheat codes, yeah. right? Like, I forgot who said it, but a book is a cheat code, right? So if someone spends 70 years of their life, you know, gaining these experiences and then jot them down into a book along with what they've learned from these experiences, yeah. it took them 70 years to write that book. Mm-hmm. And then you have the chance to write it with, I mean, read it within two to five days. Yeah. For like 15 bucks. Yeah. That's an you're amazing cheat You're making somebody like narrow the drip down, like super refined. Yeah. Right? Yep. That's an amazing cheat code. Yeah. And I feel like a mentor and a coach is the same way. Yeah. If you find someone who, who's already done what you are looking to achieve, right, and they've maybe, you know, had a level of success that you want to go, that you want to get to, and you can just call them with a question. And they can guide you on that right path. Yeah, for rather sure. Rather than you sitting and soaking and, and moping and trying to think of that thing for yourself without yeah. much research or experience, mm-hmm. you know. It's absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I'm, I'm definitely looking to it. The, the pros are like, you know. Yeah, I mean, here. and I think finding the right coach for me is like, it's everything. Like, again, I got off the phone with a client who she, she asked me, how can I collaborate with you? By the time we were done, she was. I was like, "How can you hire me as your coach?" <laughs> like, <laughs> right, right. You know what I mean? Like the truth is that we. And again, it's not a, a sleazy sales tactic. It's genuinely that everybody needs somebody to challenge them. Mm-hmm. Like, who's challenging me right now? Like right now, I have a mentor who's challenging me, and I'm in. And I'm also in the market looking for like who's going to be, you know, my next coach. Who's the one that's going to help me elevate to that million dollar mark? Right. You know, like that's what I'm aiming for. Like right. I know it's crazy because. I never could see those numbers. Right. I never thought that I would even be, you know, anything to even like have that as, as something on my radar. Right. I'm not saying that I'm there yet, but I'm saying like, how do I get there starts now? Yeah. Doesn't happen when, you know, like, oh, I guess what we're here all of a sudden. No, it's, it's a, it's a strategy. It's, it's a, a plan. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, man. So that's where I have found myself, you know, when I launched my business and I've been, I've been at this thing like faithfully for about five years, wow, wow. faithfully for about five years. Um, I've had some great success. I've coached some big name individuals. Um, I've had I've coached um, every person from every industry, walk of life, um, and uh, I've had an opportunity to speak on so many different stages, platforms, and again, most recently on Clubhouse. The past four months have been absolutely amazing. Who I've been right. able to connect yeah, with. Yeah, you've been killing it, man. Man, thank you. I'm. I'm. I'm Clubhouse is a beast, man. You know, I mean, I think it's not, it's now losing a lot of steam um, amongst people, mm-hmm. and so not a lot of people are paying attention. Mm-hmm. But not, not wait till the Android. Not u- wait till the Android users come. Right. Yeah. But this is what I'm saying. This is the time to be on the app. Yep. When the hype dies down. Yep. Because now it settles, and then the real, the cream of the crop rise yep. to the top, right? Yep. And now the leaders become the leaders. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. I love that. Yeah, and that's a, that's exactly what's happening. I mean, I spent today, uh, was it four hours on Clubhouse? Wow. And I, I lead a room on Mondays called The Business of Coaching and Speaking, or Speaking and Coaching. Um, and it's under my club called The House of Purpose. And, um, man, we have just had some amazing people. Like today, we saw um, – we have some of the analytics where we look at about 735 people came through. You know what I mean? Wow. Um, at That's any amazing. given point during, during, during our conversation. 
And so that's a great touch point. I mean, I love to get those numbers in the tens of thousands. I mean, yeah, we, I saw, uh, what was it, Andy Enriquez, a uh, good friend of mine on social media, also uh, based here in South Florida. He had about 10,000 people come. But mind you, his room went for almost eight hours. Wow. See, yeah. yeah. Who is yeah. I don't have the time, man. I, you know what? I don't know how I have the time either. My wife is like, you need to get off. Right. But I'm like. But we're growing, like yeah, right. you know what I mean. But I got ten new followers, right, you know right. what I mean. Like I was on Clubhouse for like two weeks. My wife was like, "No, yeah, yeah, no." no. Well, you got a newborn too, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I do. I do. Yeah, how's that sleep coming along? It's getting better. Um, it's rough <laughs> at times, but you know, it's getting better. It's yeah, but I'm gonna turn the interview around on you. So let's talk about you. <laughs> Let's yeah. talk about what's really going on. Right, exactly. <laughs> oh, my Man, God. Okay, so we're going to take a break real quick, and then we're going to come back um, and then kind of wrap up from there. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right, and we're back. So, whoa, I just hit my mic. <laughs> 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 All right, Benny, so tell the people, where are you now? What's going on with, with, with your business? And yeah. And tell me about where people can find you. Yeah. All these things. So, you know, um, of course, my journey of coaching and speaking has really brought me to this place where – I focus on entrepreneurs, and my goal is to help entrepreneurs, speakers, and coaches to speak more with confidence, to reach their target audience, and to grow a profitable service-based or coaching business that they can both scale, grow, and really develop the strategies and structures that make them profitable. Nice. And so for me, what that does is um, I offer a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching for top executives. And when I say executives, I really mean entrepreneurs, because entrepreneurs don't see themselves as executives. Yeah, that's true. Right? They don't see themselves as operating and owning their own business. Right. And so for me, what I do is I help them develop the strategies, structures, and systems. Because this is what I was doing. I was helping people really become the CEO of their own life. And so for me, I found that to be really niche in business. And so I really help people, one, who want to speak more. So one, you know, what does that look like, developing your signature talk? What does that look like, developing your, uh, you know, taking your message and sharing it in front yeah. of audiences? Yeah. And this is what I do. These are things that I do both on social media. This right. is what I do in spaces. Um, like tomorrow I'll be here and I'm sharing, doing a little workshop here tomorrow at General Provision. Nice. On, on how to speak with confidence, how to speak more Wait, with confidence. Wait, what is this? Tomorrow? Yes, yeah, tomorrow. What time? It's, uh, I think, 1130. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but listen. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, I'll be here tomorrow doing that. Um, you know, I also speak. And I also get invited to speak a lot in companies and businesses. Um, and also, again, with that, I have programs that I'm developing. Um, got a lot of new programs that I'm going to be rolling out in the next month or so. I have a digital course that's coming out. Nice. That's my Speak More course. I have a six-month program that's going to be a really, really intensive program for entrepreneurs and coaches and speakers who own and operate their own business. Um, I have a lot. I do a lot of consulting on the side as well. So really, if anything, I just I, I use a lot of my strengths. Right. And, and I would say my, my, if I were to narrow down my four top strengths, one, it's speaking. It's coaching, it's a strategist, and then as a business strategist and a coaching expert. I'm, I've always yeah. been really good at helping people figure out the problems that I can't figure out for myself. Yeah. You know, like yeah. most of us. That, oh, my God. That's <laughs> like, don't give me a headache today, man. Please. Man. You know how that yeah. goes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me. I, I go by that, that coaching guy. And um, first of all, it's an amazing brand. I love the name, the mm. design of everything that's come up, been fleshing out. Uh, Instagram, that coaching guy. Clubhouse, that coaching guy. Twitter, that coaching guy. On LinkedIn, you would find me under Benny Salas. 
Um, I do have that coaching app, but more as a business on there. That, yep. That's just the landing spot. Uh -huh. And then on Facebook, you can go to my, my business page, that coaching guy, or you can follow me at Benny Salas. Benny, the speaker, man. Thank you, man. <laughs> You're welcome. No, I appreciate you. Where am I getting Benny a speaker from? Where is that on online? I don't know. That's, that's why I call you. That's why you have my phone ass, being a speaker. I love it. Or being the coach. <laughs> you know, I was going to name my, I didn't name myself that speaker guy because that's already taken. Yeah. But I am that coaching guy. Hey, my guy. <laughs> man, Benny, thank you so much for doing the pod, man. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. Your story is beautiful. Story is like really powerful. I'm pretty sure that this will definitely resonate with a lot of listeners around the world. Yeah. It's powerful, man. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, you got it, man. Glad I could be here. Yeah, for sure. Listen, we don't have any coffee um, today. I was going to get a nice, uh, this is going to sound very suburban of me, <laughs> but whatever. Judge me. What's, what's your coffee? What's your choice to drink? Right now? Yeah. Right now, I do a oat milk vanilla latte. Come on. That's my favorite. Yeah? That's my favorite. It's oh. on my clubhouse bio. Oat, oat milk. milk vanilla latte. See, I knew it. That's my drink, man. I knew it, bro. Listen, I, all I, right, we don't have any we don't have any oat milk lattes right now, but we got some water. Well, cheers. So listen. Peace. <laughs> blessings. Cheers. Cheers.